0: Hi everyone, this is Peter. Today's episode is a continuation from the last episode where we explored how repentance opens the door for the pouring out of the Spirit. If you haven't listened to the last episode yet, I encourage you to go back and listen to that first. Today, I will share how God led me on a journey of repentance. Repentance When my family immigrated to Los Angeles in the early 1980s, we came from a homogenous culture to a deeply racialized country. Only two decades prior, much of the South still lived under the Jim Crow laws, which made racial segregation the norm. It wasn't long before we immigrated to the U.S. that there were white-only bathrooms, white-only schools, and Black Americans fell victim to frequent violent attacks and lynching. Asian immigrants who came as early as the late 1800s also faced discrimination and violence. When the immigration policies changed in the 1960s, there was an influx of Korean immigrants. My family was one of them. The dream of new opportunities drew families like mine to the U.S. The opportunities were there, but they came with the baggage of America's past. By the 1970s and 80s, Los Angeles, like many other metropolitan cities, had become a divested community with a large number of poor black Americans. For decades, many blacks migrated to urban centers seeking to flee the oppression they experienced in rural America. At the same time, white families fled these urban centers in what is now referred to as white flight. When the Koreans immigrated to Los Angeles, many began to buy and operate businesses within these urban black neighborhoods. But over time, tension grew between black Americans and Koreans. Koreans were seen as people who, like leeches, were draining the black communities of their resources while fleeing to the comfort of their suburban homes in the evenings. Many Korean shop owners viewed black Americans with deep suspicion, often as thieves who might shoplift. These negative views of one another were further exacerbated by the media. Eventually, the tension bubbled over in 1992 into what is now called the Rodney King Riots. During these chaotic six days, photos emerged showing Koreans on the roof of their small businesses with guns, shooting at the Black Americans who were looting their stores. Eventually, over 60 people were killed and 2,000 injured. My dad's business was one of those looted during these riots. Thankfully, he had come home before the riots broke out. As a child growing up in this environment, I simply absorbed the various messages spoken within the Korean community and the media. Black people are this way. Black people are just like that. There were so many negative words spoken of the Black community, and these negative words unfortunately shaped how I came to view them. For the most part, though, I kept these thoughts suppressed in the back of my mind. They didn't feel right, so for many years I kept them hidden. After college, I joined InterVarsity staff. It was then that these suppressed thoughts began to resurface. As I began to interact with the diverse intervarsity staff, I noticed something about myself that made me feel very uncomfortable. The way I viewed black staff members were very different from the way I viewed white or Asian staff. I didn't honor them the same way. I didn't respect their teachings the same way. I felt uneasy around them. As I wrestled with all these feelings and thoughts, it became clear to me that something was wrong and that there needed to be change. At that point, I decided to take some drastic measures. I left the predominantly Asian church I attended and looked to attend a predominantly black church where I, came un- where I can come under the Black leadership of a black pastor. I knew I needed new experiences, new thoughts, new images of how, how I saw black people. That was my solution. On that journey, after visiting a few of these historically black churches, I ended up joining a small multi-ethnic inner city church in Boston. There, God began undoing some of the baggage with which I grew up. I began to learn to reject the many negative thoughts I had absorbed. In the last episode, I talked about how God gave the Apostle Peter a trance in Acts 10. In the trance, God challenged Peter on how he saw the Gentiles. God said, Do not call anything unclean what God has made clean. These are very powerful words. These words still speak to us today. Who do we see as unclean? Who do we see as dirty? Who do we see as backwards? Who do we, perhaps instinctively, put down in our minds and hearts? Do not call anything unclean what God has made clean. On March 14, 2020, God spoke to me through a dream. In the dream, I was in this big church. As I sat in the church, I saw a vision in front of me. In the vision, an old slide projector projected a slideshow before my eyes. On each slide, there was a picture of a black man. I didn't know any of these black men, but pictures of black men flipped through one by one. When the vision ended, a few other things happened in the dream uh, related to healing and dying to myself, and then I woke up. When I woke up immediately, I heard a voice say to me very clearly, do you love them? It wasn't an audible voice, but it was a voice that just came to my mind. And just as clearly as I heard that voice, I heard my voice say this in response. I didn't mean to say it, nor did I think it through. I just heard myself say this. I said, I don't love them any more or any less than anyone else. I think it's neutral. Yes, it's neutral. Then I heard the same voice say to me, do you love them? And when I heard the voice the second time, I knew in my heart what God was asking me. He was asking me, how do you see them? Do you see them as I see them? It can't be just neutral. What I see is beauty. What I see is royalty. What I see is people fit for my glory. You see, up to this point in my life, I had worked to repress all the negative messages and images that I had absorbed growing up. I thought there was progress in in that I had up to this point come to view black people in a neutral way. But God was telling me, neutral isn't what I am going for. I want you to see as I see. That night, I spent some time in repentance. It wasn't the kind of repentance that was full of tears. There would be other times for that. It was simply asking God to help me to see as he sees. In the body of Christ, no matter who is standing in front of us, no matter what color, race, Gender, nationality, occupation, social standing, political affiliation, rich, poor. What must capture our minds, what we must see, is this. Someone who carries the presence of God. Royalty in God's kingdom. We see with honor, not based on what or who they have become in the world's eyes. We let that fade to the shadows. We see with honor based on who they are in God's eyes. This is really important. How we see one another cannot be based on the categories of judgment of this world. If we do, the church will remain divided. How we see must be based solely on God's judgment, how He sees. I believe that in the coming great move of God, God will take the church on a journey. Yes, there will be healing. Yes, there will be personal encounters. Many things will happen when the Spirit of God is poured out on the church, but that journey will ultimately lead us to the heart of God. It's a heart that has wept over brokenness and division among humanity. It's a heart that burns with holy love, drawing us to share in His divine oneness by loving one another as He loves us. In this journey, the Spirit of God will heal our eyes to see one another as the Father sees, which will then open up new ways of loving and serving one another. This journey will necessarily include repentance. I believe repentance is the key that will open the door to the greater things of God. Repentance is sometimes seen as an ugly word, a word that makes us feel condemned or judged. For me, I am seeing repentance as an opportunity for change, an opportunity to enter more fully into all that God has for us in our day. It's like a key that will open the door to all that God wants to pour out on the church. There's so much on God's heart to do for the church in our generation. I long for the day and may that day come soon when the church lets out a corporate cry to God to forgive us for the ways we have not loved our neighbor. What God does in response, I believe, will go far and beyond anything we can imagine. That's the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening. God bless.